This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, this is Rita Liu. You're listening to Enterprise. I met Toyenki of the Playground Fitness at a virtual event recently. She started a business in the mid-40s after working in the corporate life. On her website, it said the business was founded for one simple reason, to deliver transformative results in health and fitness through the enhanced and personalized fitness experience. So we'll talk a little bit more about the business in just a moment. Good morning, first of all. Good morning, Freda. What led you to start this and what was the, the reason? For me, it's purely uh, starting from the the starting point is on uh, sharing what has worked for me. I know that every one of us is very unique and we are very beautiful in our own way. Whatever that worked for me may not work for others. But the fact that I'm getting a lot of um, uh, requests to share on how fitness has helped me in my corporate life uh, where, you know, I, I spent 26 years in my corporate uh, environment and how fitness uh, has actually helped me to actually progress in the corporate ladder from a, a manager to the ASEAN CFO level. Uh, I think one, one of the key contributors is ultimately for a career or work, it's not just about the work, but you have to make sure that you have a clear mind, healthy mm. body, and a positive mindset, the right mindset for you to achieve anything in life, not just about career, but being a, a you know, like a, a mother, a father, or a spouse. Um, I think that's what's critical for us. Make, making sure that we take care of ourselves first. When we are happy, the rest will come. Do the right, right. thing uh, or, or follow, uh, focus on the right process and the result will take care of itself. Okay, and, and I agree with you. We were just talking about how you had your morning exercise and I had my morning exercise as well. You were faced with a health challenge at first, right? Yes, um, I was like working like 16, 15, 16 hours for when I was sent to uh, Bangkok. Uh, that was a very, very tough assignment. And um, at one point in time, uh, when I went for my medical checkup, uh, make sure that everyone go for your, your annual checkup. And the doctor told me that, hey, Yankee, you're obese. And I was totally shocked because I never, ever thought that I will be at that level. Obesity is never in my dictionary. When I heard that, I almost fell off my chair. And at that point in time, I told myself that, you know, well, I need to take charge of my life. If I don't take care of it, I will not be able to walk uh, through my corporate journey or my my life journey, right? There's so much of thing that I wanted to do. So at that point in time, I just took action. Uh, I think the 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 first step I took was to book for a personal trainer because I'm not a person who will uh, not a person who can actually work out on my own. I don't have that discipline. I I need someone to to watch over me. And then uh, also throughout the the fitness journey, I realized that. Um, Every one of us are different. Uh, whatever program that worked for, for the trainer or whatever work that for anyone who shared their workout program on YouTube may not work for you. It's just like how you're buying clothes, right? So that, that was the time that I, I keep questioning the personal trainer, why the program is being designed in such a way. And, and that's where I realized that um, 
the program, some of the program, the program, the workout does not really fit my lifestyle. Like for example, I work like 15 hours a day, right? And then I don't have enough sleep and then my food and then, uh, and also I get really frustrated because of the stress at work. Then I basically pull all this information together and uh, sit down with the trainer. I say, okay, with this, all this element in my life, how do you program a workout that will fit my lifestyle? Right. Yeah. So that's okay. where I, I started the, the conversation and, and, and we move on from there. Yeah. Right. So it, because that's a common thing, right? People say I have no time, right? And is that the reason why you started the Playground Fitness? Uh, yes, because uh, there's a lot of busy uh, executives out there. And, and the thing is like no time. But when you really do the math, right? I'm a finance person. If you train like four times, uh, three to four times a week, that's an, only 4% of your time. I mean, people spend, I don't know, like 30, 20, 30% on social media and you can't afford 4% of your time on workout. Uh, I think this is something that is, is, you know, when you, nobody plan for failure, but everybody fail to plan, right? So when you really want to do something, you spend time, you plan for it and work, work with your trainer. Uh, you know, once you don't treat the trainer as someone that gives you the workout program, share with them uh, how's your lifestyle like, you know, how's your time commitment like, and then the program can be adjusted accordingly, like when they come to intensity, uh, you know, and then maybe uh, frequency, uh, uh, even the duration of the workout, instead of one hour, can we do that in 20 to 30 minutes, right? Ultimately, mm. it's, it's not about how much time you spend at the gym is about the quality of the workout that you you get as well as your consistency. Ultimately, it's the consistency that counts. Uh, even when you don't feel like it, you still have to show up. That's life. Right. right. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> now, with so many fitness centers around, right, how would you say yours is different? Well, when we first started, uh, we, we focused on two areas. One is about the experience that we are giving to the uh, to our clients. So we do that by um, um, curating an environment environment that uh, uh, go according to the customer experience. It's just like small thing like when people walked in, who should greet them first? And that's how you're going to curate the layout of the, the, the gym. And then when, when they walk into the gym, what are the things that they should see first? So for us, it's like, you know, when, when we were looking for the, the location, I only have two conditions that I looked at. It must have a full-length glass window uh, where we get a lot of natural lights. And secondly, high ceiling. I think that's, that gives people... A, you won't feel like you are You feel uh, you are going into an enclosed place, right? So you have so much space and you feel good about it. Um, and then the other thing, it would be on the... Uh, we practice holistic fitness in the sense that when a person comes into our gym, uh, we don't sign them up immediately. Even though people give us like, oh, this is my credit card, please sign me up. So no, let us uh, have a chat with you first. That's where we do the initial consultation and movement screening session where we basically, uh, we have we have a, a, a set of questionnaire that we work with the client. But the, the key thing is more about like, why do they really want to work out? You know, honestly, 100% of the people that walk in, 110% will say that oh, I want to lose weight, I want to gain muscle. But when we peel or we ask the question further, uh, uh, you know, by basically addressing um, the why, and we realize that they don't want to lose weight, but basically they what they are seeking for is like, confidence so those are the things that you know i think we do differently and the other thing is like after looking at their lifestyle uh connecting their fitness goal their lifestyle how they sleep how many hours they sleep what they eat how frequent they eat how much they eat do they take steps mm. 
all this stuff, when we actually uh, pull it together, we will design a workout that works for them. So it's not like a, a fitness program. It's not something that you design and then you try to, you, you just ask your client to do the program. No, the program right. has to be designed to fit the person's lifestyle and the person has to be able to uh, commit to, to the program. Yeah. How many coaches do you have and how do you screen them? Okay, uh, we started with about 14 and today there are a few coaches has left. I have been left with about seven. Um, the screening process is very important. Uh, I mean, for us, we have our hiring uh, strategy where we hire for attitude and we don't hire for technical. So basically, if you are fitness enthusiast, uh, you, you don't have any certification, but you wanted to be a coach, we accept you as long as you have the right attitude and you are very hungry and you want to learn and be a, a quality coach. Uh, when it comes to hiring uh, screening, yeah, of course, yes, we ask for CV, but that doesn't tell a lot of things. So what we do is that we get everyone to send in a one-minute video to introduce themselves. So we can kind of have a feel on the, uh, you know, like how's the person like, can the person communicate uh, well, and, and I mean the energy level. Um, and then from there, we, we shortlisted the client for for, for the next round of interview. Hiring is, is very, very, I would say, uh, challenging. You know, although we have a strategy, but we also made our mistake. Uh, we didn't hire the right people. Uh, we had to counsel people out. Uh, and then we thought that maybe uh, this is not the, the right place for them. And also the challenges in building a team culture. Uh, once you have the team culture uh, uh, in, the, in the gym, and when you want to hire someone new to the organization, there's also extra point that we need to consider, hey, can this person then fit into the culture? So there's a, a few elements that we need to look at. And how do we then constantly motivate uh, the coaches to, to continue to grow? We do have a, a proper career path. Uh, we have different level of coaches. We make sure that they grow, uh, you know, uh, over time. And on top of that, uh, we also have our succession planning, uh, you know, coaches performance evaluations. Uh, and then also we invest a lot on the coaches learning development on a weekly basis, uh, they would have lectures, podcasts, they read the book, they present uh, the book that they have read. Right. I think ultimately, it's about how do we keep the coaches growing when it comes to the knowledge. And, and for that, uh, they'll be able to provide a better value for our client. I think that that's the critical uh, thing for us. Ultimately, we, we have a job to help the client to deliver their, what they want, their outcome. Right. We are not selling services or product. We are selling the customer outcome. Right. I'm here with Toyenki from the Playground Fitness. We'll continue our chat after this. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Burning for more. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Enterprise. I'm here with To Yen Ki from the Playground Fitness. She started this business after over 20 plus years in the corporate world. I want to ask you, uh, uh, Yen Ki, what elements of the corporate world did you bring into this business? Ah, uh, okay. So I'm looking at, uh, uh, when, when the from the corporate world, we are very much structured. So we have processes, policy, procedures, control, governance. I, I know, I realize that 
that doesn't work uh, for, I would say, a startup at the early stage because early stage start, startup has their very unique um, uh, elements that you must make sure that it is alive. People like to work in the environment that is not controlled by processes, policy and procedures. But as the mm. business grow, that's where I brought in the, uh, a little bit, I would say, discipline uh, into the organization, but not killing the startup spirit. So balancing that is very tough. So it's like about introducing uh, the necessity uh, process and procedures at the beginning at at a, at a, at a pace that that would be in line with the business growth as well as the feedback from the employee. So that's a very, I would say, delicate stuff that I need to manage in the balance. Yeah. Right. I must ask, how did you survive the pandemic? Oh, wow, man. That, that was a tough, very, very tough two years. At the beginning of the pandemic, everybody complained that the gym were closed and then, I mean, like, we were not able to open and we saw a lot of uh, news on the on, on the media where all the gym owners complained uh, about the closure. So um, then I told myself, uh, well, you know, we can't expect the government to help us. Uh, the only way to go is for us to help the government in order to help ourselves. So that's how we I gathered like about uh, 16 to 18 gym owners. Uh, we spoke to one of the media. Uh, we, we, told, we basically uh, shared that we will help the government by developing the SOP. And that's how also all the most of the gym owners uh, come together. And then we mm. uh, established the Malaysia Fitness uh, Coalition. Uh, where we developed the SOP and uh, we engaged with uh, Ministry of Health and, and KBS on a consistent basis by providing them the, the expertise as well as the uh, when it comes to the procedures and running a gym, you know, what needs to be there in order to ensure the safety uh, of the uh, of our staff and, and the clients. So, so that's how we work with the government in order to get the gym reopened. I think uh, they were like, 104 gym closed during the pandemic. And, and most of the gym owners, uh, they may not have the, uh, I would say, uh, experience in managing uh, a tough time or the down challenging times, right? So uh, some of them may have like uh, financial issues. So we, we, we arrange for like bankers to speak to them uh, and, and help them to get funding as well. Yeah. Right. Who would you say would be your typical customer? Our typical customer would be female age between uh, 28 to 38. Uh, People who are well-traveled, well-read, well-informed. They're either the startup business owner, corporate executive, C-suite, or uh, we do have people like the politicians or or government's officials. So I think um, I I would say that and people who are deep pocket because of the pricing that we are charging. Yeah. <laughs> right. Politicians with deep pockets. Right. Are there plans to open more outlets or is franchising or licensing the way that you're looking at growing? So we are basically looking at the, the expansion be uh, based on the uh, rightly pointed out on, on mm. licensing or, or uh, franchising because uh, we felt that by replicating a uh, playground, uh, we are going to just maybe increase our presence, but we, we are just going to the, do the same thing. But right. I think scalability by replicating the, the facility is, is difficult. If another, uh, another pandemic hit us, so what are you going to do about it, right? So I think, I think that the, the way to, to expand for us will be 
uh, through content collaboration, having like uh, and also franchising model for our personal training system, where we like to use the the term called uh, Intel Insight. So you can have your own branding of your gym, but it can be powered by playground uh, program. And the other way of of diversifying our revenue or, or true expansion is to go to the B two B segment, which. Uh, at this point in time, we have managed to to get one client, which is UOB Bank, who has appointed us as their gym operator as well as their corporate wellness uh, service. Right. Uh, yeah. So you're selling the the system, so to speak. Okay. This is where the corporate site comes out, lah. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, like you know, um, I, I guess that um, uh, when it comes to corporate, you know, based on my experience, I kind of know what they want. Uh, you know, for for their employee. So that when it comes to the corporate, they have a different needs, right? Because yeah. the thing is, like, how do how do you then, you know, like link the employee productivity uh, to their health level, and then uh, link them back to a dollar sign, right? How much mm. of uh, you know sales that they can make, or how how can they reduce the medical costs? Because ultimately, we have to uh, basically. We need to take care of staff. We need to take care of the employee. When they are happy, they will also serve the customer and the customer will be happy, right? right. So what's your vision for the Playground Fitness? The Playground Fitness, um, ultimately, we want to be able, you know, like be the space where we can provide ecosystem uh, of fitness for Malaysia. So not just about being a, a coaching facility. But when we look at the fitness ecosystem, it can be upstream, downstream. So we have actually four quadrants when it comes to our vision. Playground Fitness is the platform for B2C. Uh, we, work, we are also looking at uh, Play Coach Academy because with the, with the rise uh, you know, in the, the demand for the fitness, somebody need to take care of the upstream. Mm. Who's going to provide the coaches to the market? Because at this point in time, honestly, for us, we are hiring aggressively, but we couldn't find coaches uh, or candidates. So we, now we have to go to the school like Ta College or University Malaya. So we want to make sure that, you know, ultimately we have something, uh, a facility that able to churn out this quality coaches and then we can again mobilize them back to the to the market. The third one is on, fit, I call it fit entrepreneurship. So fitness entrepreneurship. So anyone who, who graduated from the academy, they can choose to work at the playground fitness. Very easy. I'm just transferring them over. If they don't mm. want to work, uh, at the playground fitness they have two options they can start their own business so when they start right. their own business they can actually start with their own branding if they want to license our coaching system they can right. do that or they can actually purely franchise a whole playground on their own i think the last quadrant is on the fitness tourism i, I believe that as business owner we have the responsibility to create jobs for the Malaysians, because by creating job, that's how we help in uh, uh, stimulating the economy. Where everybody has job, they have money, they'll spend, and then the economy will grow. Uh, but the reason why we look at fitness uh, tourism is because I think this is a, a very much uh, white space or untouched area at this point in time. I always question why Bali and why people go to Bali and Phuket for fitness. Why not right. Malaysia? Uh, we did one uh, fitness retreat in Langkawi back in 2019, where we wanted to continue, but because of uh, MCO, 
we couldn't right. do that. But I, I believe that we do have a high potential uh, when it comes to fitness uh, tourism, where we can attract the you know like freelancer nomad uh, workers right. to Malaysia and and utilize and 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 especially uh, all the beautiful islands that we have in Malaysia. Yeah, Inky, we'll have to talk. We got to do Sarawak. Oh, awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I like your vision. Uh, thanks for speaking to us. I was listening to To Yankee from the Playground Fitness. You've been listening to Enterprise BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.